Lagos Talks 91.3 and Corporate Shepherds presents the man of the hour. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome ID Enang. This is Navigate with ID Enang. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome, dear friends. It's Navigate with ID Enang. Such an honor and privilege to be here with you once again. As always, I'm grateful to God Almighty for the gift of life. And I'm also grateful that you are alive too and you can hear me and join me in this beautiful session. This beautiful session that we have an opportunity to learn from each other and also take the chance to grow in our different capacities as we continue to strive for the very best in our lives. Friends, we started the year on a very good note and we've been looking at a subject that is quite interesting. Uh, we started with strategic planning and then morphed into strategic partnering. Just last Tuesday, I did talk about strategic partnering and we're going to continue in that same space uh, for a while because we need to dimensionalize this within the context of individuals, businesses, and even organizations. Just to give a bit of recap, we said last week that strategic partnership or partnering can take various dimensions from an individual to businesses and even organizations, and that we will examine all of these dimensions in order to facilitate an upgrade and mental shift for you and I, so we can always look at this world of possibilities and to make the very best of it. Strategic partnering allows businesses and even individuals to take advantage of opportunities and to respond to the needs of their customers, of their environment through absolute collaboration. And I gave examples on Tuesday about the different forms of collaboration from a career standpoint, how someone or an individual can actually access critical competencies just by you know, reaching out to another colleague in the same company within another department just so that you can both learn. And at the end of the day, like we used to say at Coca-Cola, you need to sharpen the saw. So the process of sharpening the saw by interacting with another colleague, say in finance, in supply chain, in marketing, that in itself is strategic partnering because you're building yourself to become either a general manager or someone who is knowledgeable in a certain space or field, which hitherto was not your core competence. So strategic partnering can only happen when there is collaboration. And that goes also for businesses. And we did say that another word that sums up strategic partnering is collaboration. I mean, think about old boys or old girls associations. Today, it's a lot of collaboration going on between unity schools or schools that you may, uh, like mine, uh, coming together, like Baptist Academy will come together with Regan. They'll come together with um, St. Gregory's, Bobby College. Those are strategic partnering uh, opportunities when they collaborate to have a central theme around the dimension of you know, making their alma mater or the institution um, great. So, friends, I'm just saying that different things happen in different spaces. Strategic partnering is not only about business. It can take the form and shape of multiple dimensions. And collaboration is really at the heart of it. And if you want to understand how this works or how this works in business, you can look at collaboration as a process by which partners adopt a high level of purposeful cooperation. I say purposeful because it is important to maintain a trading or business relationship over time. That is what we call sustainability in business balance. You may just be joining this program for the first time. I bid you welcome. Uh, this is our business education series. Um, put it in another way, it's a business school on radio 
courtesy of Corporate Shepherds. And what we are doing is trying to raise the bar so that micro, small, and medium entrepreneurs, you call them SMEs or MSMEs, business owners, can actually have an opportunity you know, to have some form of uh, training or capacity building or development uh, to enhance the value of whatever they are taking into the space. The second class of people that this business education series is targeted at are employees that work for organizations or businesses who such organizations may not have the capability or capacity to send them through a myriad of training sessions or capacity or capability development um, sessions. And so if you take Navigated ID running on Lagos Talks 91.3 every Tuesday and Thursday, make this your own opportunity to learn and to grow within the context of business. And you know, business is everything. Business surmounts and takes the entire piece. So this is a business school on radio, and I hope you're going to enjoy as we go on this journey with us. And so we've been looking at this subject of partnering and taking partnering within the context of understanding what it is and what it can do. Let me give a few highlights before I get into a certain space. Partnering means spreading risk and also trusting others to act in joint best interest. So on Tuesday, I gave an example of how one of my former employers, uh, specifically Guinness, went into some strategic partnerships very many years ago in the 90s and how they went into what I call a contract brewing arrangement with some other brewery that was up north. The same thing goes for many other business enclaves. Why? Because they need to spread the risk, but also trust is at the very core of what happens. Partnering means seeking a strategic fit between partners in such a way that the objectives will match and action plans will bring about synergy. Partnering means finding complementary skills, competencies, and resources in partners. And I did use the example of you and I in our various fields of endeavor and how we can reach out to some other colleagues in other departments, say in finance, for example, say in marketing, for example, in sales. You may be a supply chain expert, but you have no idea about core marketing. Nothing stops you from spending a certain number of hours in a week calling one of your colleagues or several colleagues, multiple colleagues in sales and marketing, and having conversations about how you can learn the art and science of marketing. You don't need to go for an MBA. I see this all the time. Now, certification has thrown our minds into a deep well. I need an MBA. For what? When you have the skill, when you display the competence, an organization will hire you. Let me say this with every sense of duty, honor, and, and humility. At the start, we all had our degrees. I had my degree in economics. I have my MBA in marketing. But do you know the funny thing? After I started my first job at Guinness, that I got at Guinness, that's the only place where when we got in as management trainees, uh, they had asked us, oh, even at the point of the examination from YX, they asked us to feel what degrees we had. And of course, you would come to show uh, your certificates or whatever. That was the first and the last time anybody ever asked me for a certificate. To be honest, no one did. By the time I left Guinness for Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola didn't ask me to go bring my MBA certificate. Coca-Cola didn't ask me to show if I had a degree in economics. What did Coca-Cola want? Coca-Cola was hiring a brand manager. And then I'd just left Guinness as brand manager lagers. I was responsible for Sartenbrau lager and Hap lager beer and DKB as it were. I'm talking about the very early 90s. Okay. But friends, I was hired in Coke. They didn't look at any certificate. They didn't ask me about MBA. 
They didn't. And I'm saying it. I mean, you can say, okay, maybe I was lucky. There's nothing like luck in my dictionary. When I went in for the interviews and the conversations, it was about it, IT. It was about this, the competence, the, the work. They were looking for a guy or a lady who could come sort out and build the brand Fanta. And so a lot of us were on that, on that scale. And God helped me. I became the top candidate and I was picked to become brand manager Fanta and Crest. And I'm talking about 1997 thereabout, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken. So what is this whole thing about? And here I am, even after I left Coca-Cola for Cadbury, they, Cadbury never asked me, or Samsung or L'Oreal, they never asked me to tender. Why? Because when you now exude competence and mastery, they will see it in the way you work, in the way you act, and the way you come to the table. Now, I'm not saying that having certification is wrong. What I'm saying is many of us just sit down and these days you just spend hundreds of thousands of naira or dollars because you want to have a degree, master's and MBA. It's because you're not sure of yourself. Start from the home. Your home is your base. Strategic partnering. Go to your colleague in marketing, in sales, in supply chain, in logistics. Spend one month, two months, spend some hours with each of them and say, oh boy, oh girl, teach me. I want you to take me through the rudiments of supply chain, end to end. You will be shocked that if you do that every week and do that consistently for three months, you don't need an MBA in supply chain. Now, you can get a certification to show that you are supply chain relevant like they typically would do. But I'm telling you, when you want to display that competence, some other company wants to hire a supply chain director. They will be talking to you about their work and their ability and capability required. And if you demonstrate it, they will hire you. Nobody's going to bother whether you have an MBA from Harvard, from INSEAD. All those schools, and uh, with all due respect, the best thing they ever offer is a network. Just the network, the people you meet. Until tomorrow, you can call up one of your guys. Just the same way you have old boys and old girls at station, ex-Baptist Academy. I can call up any of my old boys, and they will support me in what I'm doing. The same way, if you go to Harvard or go to INSEAD or whatever. But many of us today are breaking our heads because we want to have a degree from here to show that it's not the, the who does not make the monk. Get that into the deep crevice of your heart. The who does not make the monk. That you have an MBA or master's from UK, from the US, does not mean that you're competent. You can come with your certificate and the guy who does not even understand the four walls that just sits down every day and takes on some podcasts from the same Harvard that you've gone to spend thousands of pounds or dollars and does has the app or downloads professorial lectures from the same Harvard off the internet and then does that side by side with several interventions with his colleagues will be far better than you are when it comes to executing on the job. So think about it. This is highlighting the essence and the need for partnering. But why do most of us not go on this track? Pride is the number one factor. Why can't you drop your ego? You know, I like something I talk about. It's called the guest principle. And this is my own guest, is my coinage. And the guest principle is what gets me into a space. I always say that, listen, if you're going to some place like a hotel, a public place, what is the first space that you encounter once you enter the premises, like an hotel? is a car park before you get into the premises. And that is the guest principle I put in my head. Whatever I may have carried from outside, the first thing I do is to drop them at the car park. I don't carry it into. So if you are so egocentric and you think that you are the Biggest guy, drop your ego and try to learn from some other person.
It could be a junior person, could be a junior officer, could be someone senior, could be your peer. Nothing happens other than humility. If you are able to accept that you are finding complementary skills, competencies, and resources in partners to help you grow and be a better person. I thought I should really highlight that aspect because so many people are making grave errors this day. Now, I jokingly tell a lot of people that, listen, yes, I had a very, very, very interesting and God grace, a graceful career, but a lot of it had to do with common sense. A lot of it had to do with a strategic dimension of me saying, that's where I want to be and what I need to do. I was not jumping all over the place. And at the end of the day, with the grace of God and hard work, and also the ability to relate with people because the people factor is the biggest factor after the God factor. When you have the God factor sorted, the people factor is next. If you don't sort out the people factor, your chances of making it in any venture is slim or slim just walked away. So friends, strategic partnering can help an individual or even a business find an outlet for enhanced capacity. For an individual, you can build and enhance your capacity through strategic partnering. For a business, you can find an outlet for excess. You know, you can really get some manufacturing or uh, skill enhancement just by going into some strategic partnering. It can also help you as an individual or business to gain quick, low-risk access to opportunities so if it's a business, you're going to gain access to new markets, new opportunities. And if it's an individual, in terms of your career, in terms of knowledge, by the time you're partnering with some other person or persons, it opens you to a world and a vista of learning. That's why, you know, I hope we go back to the days where we can have open se seminars. I know virtual life is a new life. The world has changed. But honestly, it's not the same. Where you meet person to person. I also know that the world has changed because everybody, you know, walk into a restaurant, you're going to find colleagues. All, they all came out for an evening together. 50, 70% are on their phones. There's that non-individual participation. They don't look at face-to-face. -face. We don't talk to each other again. Rather, we use the third-party device to communicate. And that in itself is taking a toll on partnering. But when we get it done well and you focus on the people factor, it strengthens and helps in speeding everything you need and you want to put together in your business, in yourself, and in what you do. And so, my dear friends, as we look at this whole string, like I did mention, this whole space of um, the business school, as we're looking at strategic partnering in this space, I must tell you that the, we have uh, a kind of curriculum that I put together. So I'm hoping that as we straddle this, we may not go deep into a lot of subjects, but main highlights will help you begin to suture your minds towards understanding what you need to do. So if you need to have a side business, and you're currently doing a nine to five, um, you can listen in to navigate with idea and there may be tips that will help you, you know, because not everybody can afford to go for a course or not everybody, like I will see, people don't want to invest in building themselves. They want some, you know, freebies. Well, this is a, a, a freebie, but I must tell you that um, someone is paying the price. There's some sacrifice. Anything that you see that is happening free, know that someone is paying the price for it somewhere. And so I'm going to be looking at a different space within strategic partnering. And I, and I want to, you know, more or less uh, capture this within a framework that may, you know, come through by way of what I may call advantages of strategic partnering. And, and what that means is that I will be looking at it, you know, side by side with um, all the things that you know I just discussed, and you all know that I just mentioned a few of the points that it helps you find an outlet for excess, 
to build capacity, to gain quick, low-risk access to new opportunities. And it also helps to strengthen technological base. That's what strategic partnering does. Strategic partnering also helps you as a business or a business owner achieve economies of scale through high volume. You know what it is, low cost and massive distribution. That may be for those in manufacturing, but also those that are providing services. There are times when you need to achieve economies of scale. And economies of scale will basically mean that you get so much and all you need to do is deliver that at a lower cost rather than you having to dissipate your energies alone. What strategic partnering does, one major advantage is that that it helps overcome geographic, legal, or even trade barriers. So you can have a strategic partner in Ghana, you can have a partner in some other part of Africa, but at the end of the day, you will be on a pathway of delivering whatever uh, you set out to do as a business, even as, as, as an individual, simply because you have engaged with some form of partnering. Now, that breaks any geographic barrier. And at the same time, you can actually leverage the legal prowess of your partner by helping you know, um, put some sticks in the ground. So at the end of the day, strategic partnering helps speed up innovation. So whether you like it or not, it's a, it's a plus, plus, plus when you partner. When you choose to go alone, yeah, there's nothing wrong with going it alone, but just note that at some point, you know, you may not be as efficient as you think. Uh, you may not have looked at your form or shape. That's, I'm talking business in this regard. In, we'll step into that maybe by the second half when we'll be looking at what you need to do and the different phases, you know, that will be a critical segment of this program today that we are going to home in on certain uh, aspects. But in the meantime, let me highlight what unsuccessful partnering may also result in. When you have un- an unsuccessful partner or partnering process, it may result in one, a lack of a strategic fit. That is, when you have not done the due diligence and you take on a partner. That partner, you may discover later that there isn't a strategic fit between both businesses. It just tells you that you were sentimental or you went around it. Ah, this is my brother. You know, we do that a lot in Nigeria. Oh, this is my brother. Oh, who is your brother? He comes from the same place. Oh, he comes from the same state. Oh, we are from the same hamlet. Oh, we have the same kind of religious beliefs. Come on. That has nothing to do with business. Never get sentimental by taking partnership or partnering based on sentiments. Be your brother, your sister, your uncle, your tribesman, doesn't matter. It's about it. IT is the subject in reference that is the business. So whether you're from Fernando Po, you're from Kiverde, you are from Ikotokwane, doesn't matter. Friends, you can have an unsuccessful partnering when you are sentimental. And what is the result? There'll be a lack of strategic fits. The second point where unsuccessful partnering may result in an absolute imbalance in the relationship between partners. And what this is saying is that you'll find an imbalance in the relationship between partners. What does this imbalance cause? There's a complex. Have you ever gone to a place where some other person feels you are the underdog or you feel that this person is superior to do? Again, it comes within the framework of sentiments. What do I mean? This is my big brother. This is my Egbon. My Egbon says to me, hey, Abro, ID, come. I need you to come and partner with me in a business venture. Because he's an older person, you take the cultural dimensions and rather than do due diligence and say to him or her, sorry, we cannot be partners, but I can help you if you need me at point X or time T. That is a safer way. But we just accept, yes, uh, we go sign this document. Or in most cases, 
a lot of people do not even sign legal documents within partnering. So it's a case of my boss says, ah, he wants me to partner with him. And he tells me just over lunch or whatever we're doing, oh, ID, I'm going to pay you 100 naira an hour. And he may not even pay you 10 kobo. Why? Sentiments. An absolute imbalance because of cultural innuendos. Unsuccessful partnering may also result in issues arising due to different leadership styles. Different leadership styles can bring about unsuccessful partnering. And finally, a lack of trust and confidence can totally erupt and destroy partnering. One piece is also slow decision-making. If one partner is a slow decision-maker, that person has to absorb it before they make a move. The other one is impatient. At the end of the day, the whole pack crumbles simply because they did not look at some construct of the fit and due diligence. Friends, we'll be back on the second half. Like I said, we'll be looking at what you need to do. I'll start this, the whole process to give you little tips on what you need to do if you're going on this process of strategic partnering. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you. This is Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds. Welcome back, my dear friends. For those that have been listening to the program when we started, um, we're going on the continuous drive. And for our friends who may have just stumbled on the program, this is Navigate with ID and Ang. It's such an honor and privilege for me, you know, to share part and thoughts um, within the business education series. So you can take this as your business school on radio. Uh, courtesy of Corporate Shepherds and Lagos Stocks 91.3 FM. Well, friends, we've been looking at strategic partnering. And um, just on the first half, I took us through what I call some advantages of uh, strategic partnering. And also, just in the last couple of minutes, I spoke to what unsuccessful partnering may result in. I talked about a lack of strategic fit. I talked about an absolute imbalance in the relationship between partners. When partners get sentimental, oh, that's my Egbo. And Egbo says, come up, bro, come and join me and be my partner. And you don't sign the dotted lines. You just believe because he's your uncle's friend, his brother. Listen, in business, you must sign the dotted lines. It's not sentiment. Whether you are from Aquaibom or Aquai North, doesn't bother me. We are coming in here as partners to do it, the business unsuccessful partnering may result in issues arising from different leadership styles. It can also produce a lack of trust and confidence. That is an uh, offshoot of it. And finally, could come as slow decision-making. So those were the points we, you know, we just highlighted just before the break. And um, now I'm going to step into a space which really speaks to what you need to do. So you can take this as the tip or the tipping phase. Um, just to give you some tips. Um, you know, if you've read this book, uh, The Tipping Point by Malcolm Gladwell, you'll understand that um, from a principle of little drops of water. So if you have um, a tap that is not uh, functioning well, and then this tap, maybe the lock is bad, and then the water, you know, just drips just a drop at a time. Uh, what you then do is decide to put a container underneath so that the water, whilst you try to get it fixed later on, you would notice that in a space of time, the bucket or the container would have uh, been filled. But it doesn't begin to spill over until that one drop. That drop, Malcolm Gladwell calls it the tipping point. The tipping point is that point at which that particular one drop immediately touches the, the water, the water starts spilling over and the container um, you know, would have been full to the brim. Now, I want you to look at it from that perspective that we are starting this whole checklist or tips to give you it's, um, it's like the little drops and then one day, I'm hoping that at the end of the day you know, you get that one drop that will make you say, aha, this is what ID was trying to talk about. This is what ID was referring to 
on the radio program when he talked about strategic partnering. What I'm saying in essence is when you find yourself in that environmental space, you can now reflect on what you've heard me say. So I need you to, you know, lend me your ears and follow me on this track. And by the way, I need to say this. If for any reason you, you feel, you know, you need to follow up, it's important feedback, questions, uh, send an email to contact at navigatewithid.com. My social media handles are very simple. It's at I-D-Y-E-N-A-N-G. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram, Facebook. And, you know, given that the government has um, taken the ban on Twitter, effective 13th, you know, so you can also catch me on Twitter. Let's start rolling this ball of knowledge and sharing so we can be more productive and be more executive in our thinking and execution. So, friends, what do you need to do? I call this first phase making the strategic decision. Remember, this is about strategic partnering. And I'm saying to you, we are going to look at them in three phases. This is the first phase. Uh, remember my analogy about the bucket and the drops of water. What is the first thing that happens? You need to consider your partnering needs. This is the first drop. Your partnering needs are very critical. If you don't understand what needs you have, you will just fall for anything or you go for anything. Very few businesses and indeed individuals can say they have all their resources and skills to tackle any new opportunities. So be it career opportunities, be it market opportunities, be it business opportunities. Few businesses, individuals, and organizations have all the resources and skills to tackle new market or business opportunities. And not just tackling it, not just independently, their ability to maintain the right economies of scale does really call for some partnering in there and there. So what am I saying, friends? SMEs, business owners, I'm talking about micro, small, remember, medium, entrepreneurs or enterprises should note that going it alone could mean high investments, slower response to changing circumstances. So if you want to go alone, because you want all the profits to come to you. Remember, it will take you possibly a longer time. You're going to require a huge toll of investment and you may not be able to be responsive. But think about it. That in itself presents an opportunity for you to have a need within partnering. So that's one. Remember I said the first point is consider your partnering needs. The second point under making that strategic decision, whether you need a business partner or I beg your pardon, strategic partnering, is analyze your environment or changing markets. And what do I mean? You need to take a good look at your business and understand who is emerging as a market leader. You know, this is one aspect that a lot of people don't take seriously. Whatever sector or industry you want to play or you find yourself playing it, you must spend time to understand who the market leader is and or who is emerging as a market leader. And not just stop there. And how the market is likely to evolve in the future. So. You can look at someone's pathway um, if you are in telecoms. And once upon a time, uh, you would want to get into telecommunications. And you think you can just drop into it because you have a partner from uh, Europe or from America who would supply equipment. And then you're not able to look within your environment. Um, and you just come in, sign up this partner from wherever and they come in putting the investments 
time, resources, etc. You are sitting on a time bomb. It's just a matter of time. But if you are able to take a cursory look by analyzing your environment and the changing markets, your chances of actually making it will be very huge. Many times we think that these conversations have to be done only by espionage, market intelligence. Market intelligence is fantastic. But I want to also let you know that there is something called stakeholder investment. Who are your stakeholders? The stakeholders in the same sector can always come together. So think about hosting a meeting of manufacturers, producers, service providers of a certain item or where you all play, that you all come together. You can drive that. Now, the mentality typically is that how can he call us for a meeting? After all, and we are all in the same sector. We are competitors. That's the mindset that does not um, allow progress. You know, a progressive mindset looks for opportunities where we can jointly bring in our collective geniuses to make it better for us. But a lot of us are stifling growth simply because of our egos or ignorance. So you find you're playing in an industry, you sit in your office, you think that you know everything that happens out there because you are connected. Many times you're just connected to the minister. So what? That minister will live in two years, four years, max. Or you're connected to the governor. That governor may not even last one term. So are you going to hinge your business because of connection? No. The players in the same sector with you, you can provide that leadership by reaching out to your colleagues in this different industries. I remember uh, some years back, in 2015 specifically, then I was MD of L'Oreal. Um, and then we had this big issue, big issue with Forex then and then imports and all of that. You know, I sat in my office then at a TBS place and I called up, you know, fellow colleagues from different industries and invited them to a meeting. I remember um, I had uh, about three MDs from different sectors um, and then FMCG. Um, yeah, I had one of the supply chain directors of a major, you know, uh, player in the country. And they all came to the office. We were about seven or eight of us then in our conference room at L'Oreal. And I thanked them for coming. I said, guys, I'm calling for this meeting so we can all look at it and say, how are you dealing with this monstrous problem that we have? And what is it? A secular had come from CBN saying, these 41 items have been banned. That they've been banned, and banned here means we can't have access to foreign exchange. Now, Nigeria is one place where policy somersaults can destroy businesses overnight. This came on us. But listen, friends, I took it upon myself to call these other six, seven players with like minds. And I said, what do we do? How are we going to go about it? What are you doing in your company? What are you doing in your franchise? I bet you we all exchanged ideas there. And somewhat, you know, there was now some silver lining on what we should try and what we shouldn't try and how we could accost it. It was better to bring the brains together because we had a common goal. That in itself is strategic partnering. But why don't we do it? Because of ego or because you don't have a network. You can do certain things without having to pass through a test book. These are the things they will not teach you in Harvard. Harvard will tell you, you must stay within your competitive frame and provide leadership. This is leadership, calling other leaders in other sectors when there is a chaos, actually chaos created by your central bank or government. What do you do? If you don't get up and drive the pie, you can't make it happen. And so it's important that we understand that it's not only market intelligence that delivers your analysis for you. You can get that through proper stakeholder engagement and do that with those of your players in the same sector or even complementary sectors just to check 
what the horizon portends. And some of these stakeholders may be your customers. You can decide to call, call customers up. I remember um, two years ago, I had a client who gave me a brief and wanted me to come over to their head office in London to talk about their, what I saw about their business. It was quite interesting. And what did I do? I got that brief and um, I got into the Okiari market. I spent half a day in Okiari market. I took pictures, visited different wholesalers. You know, I had a pot of information. I moved from there. I went to a different channel in Tali, supermarkets. I combed different channels. I must have gone to about five or six channels. I then went back and I sat down and I put together a document. I got on the plane to see this client of mine and they had their global president sitting in the room, their global supply chain director, their global HR and the chief uh, finance officer, the CFO. And I looked at all of them in the room and I said to them, I think you should actually fire your, your regional commercial team. And they looked at me and I said, why? I said, look at this. And I started my presentation. I said, I was just in the market for one day. Okiari market, which you consider a wholesale slash retail market. And I went to supermarkets. I went to groceries. I went to the different channels where your products are. And I said, look at your products. Look at your competitors. Look at your category. You have lazy people working for you. And they looked at me and I said, part of it also is because you are stifling them when they ask you to release resources. And I was talking to them because I've been a player. I know how these multinationals think and work. When they're asking for budgets, they'll say, no, there's no budget. They cut it. So the guys at the local end cannot do anything. But I made that analysis. And by the time I finished, we spent eight hours in their boardroom. We didn't think the meeting would take that long. But friends, they consulted me because they thought, hey, we think that this gentleman will be able to add value to whatever we're doing. What I'm talking about is strategic partnering, how you can analyze your environment or changing markets simply by engaging stakeholders. Here could be your customers. It could even be your employees. There are very many of you that do not talk to your employees. And even employees are tired of management because management is only about their bonus. They are like Pharaoh. They keep driving them to make bread out of stones. They never see the opportunities, but the opportunity is out there on the shop floor. But the staff will not talk about it because they are angry. The staff are not happy. MD says they are not going to increase salary this year, but MD buys a new car. The directors say, no, everybody, we are going to cut training budget. But guess what? The directors are still flying business and first class. So how do you expect that the, they will come to the table with all of it? It's all about leadership, the little drops. So if you do not see that employees are strategic partners in business, even if you have one employee, he or she is a strategic partner, can make or mar your business, your suppliers. But let me close by saying this particular part employees are your biggest source of traction. If you fail with your employees, you fail with everything. Employee engagement, they are your best ambassadors. If you treat your employees well, they'll also do you well. But I know there are some very bad, lazy employees too who have this entitlement mentality. Then it means you need to have a proper performance management system that will weed out all the lazy bones and lazy dozens that you have. And you look through and say, these are the men and women that are capable of helping sustain this business because we see themselves and we see ourselves as partners. The third point of what you need to do is to imagine or even to rethink about the future. What do I mean? You need to ask yourself, is your business model working? This is a fundamental piece. A lot of people don't even know that their business models are faulty. They keep doing the same thing over and over without and expecting a major breakthrough. That's foolishness, frankly. You know what foolishness is? The word foolish 
means not using wisdom is a misuse of wisdom. And if you know that wisdom is a principal thing, then you have to gain understanding through wisdom. So you cannot continue using the same business model and expect growth to come. It can happen, friends. So you need to rethink it. You need to imagine that future. What is that future? It starts now. It means looking at your pot and saying, um, okay, you want to cook beans. If I don't know if you've um, if you've gone through this. Uh, beans is something I love very much. And then in cooking beans, you know, you must have something called patience. Beans is not something you just kick off and then the next minute is ready. Mm -mm. They're not noodles. Two seconds noodles, two minutes noodles. No, beans is not like that. First and foremost, you need to sit down and pick the beans. Otherwise, you will eat crook crook, and that I mean stones will follow you. You pick your beans, you wash it, you put it in the pot, and then you allow it to steam. Depending on the style and the approach, you can put your sauce together, you can begin to stew, put your sauce together, and then put a blend, or by the time the beans is fully cooked, you may now decide to apply each of the things that you're putting in just one after the other, different styles. And if you're using a pressure cooker, makes your life a lot easier. Now, if you're also using adogon, you're using firewood, that is baked beans in the making. But whether you're using a pressure pot, an ordinary pot, an adogon, firewood, cooker, gas cooker, gas burner, one thing is certain. You need patience. The business models are different. The cooking models are different because of the environment. A pressure pot gives you a different delivery and timing. An ordinary pot on gas gives you a different timing. Uh, an ordinary pot on a stove gives you a different feel. And when you put the same coal pot or clay pot, okay, the coal pot on firewood, all different business environments, all different models, but ultimately you will find that the beans, the point of consumption, you'll find out that the effort and the patience, the enabler to how good and how well your beans will taste is a function of how much you had thought about that future, which is the consumption point. So is your business model working? Number two, do you need to tweak? And if yes, what will the new model entail? You know, when you're cooking beans, you, some people decide, you know, they just want to make it because they don't, you know, it's economic. Just beans is something you have just mag maggi or seasoning, salt, pepper, onions, broth, your beans are ready. But some other people might want to jazz it up with all manner of stuff. Some people might decide they also want to make it porridge beans. Now, it's all tweaking. Oh, I like unripe plantain. I will shred a bit of it and put it at the tail end. And someone tells you, oh, it's porridge beans. I don't know, but it's tweaking. That's the same mentality you can apply to your business and say to yourself, I want something else in the future. What do I need to do? When I check that this model is not working, I need to change it. So maybe I need to move from just having a pot and invest in a pressure pot. The pressure pot gives me a near big beans type of feel. That is the output my consumer or customer wants. So I need to invest in a pressure pot. That way, you know that you don't have a pressure pot. Then you look for someone that has a pressure pot and may not be using it. That could be your neighbor. And you go to your neighbor and say, neighbor, please, are you using your pressure pot on Wednesday? He or she says, no, you can have it. Please, thank you sir, very much. What have you done? That is partnering. Strategic partnering, you take that tool and come home Use it for the time and use it well and return it. You may not even pay. But guess what? You now serve your customers this new type of beans because what? You have just tweaked something in the system. How did you tweak it? Because you imagined or you thought about the future and the, and the process. If you don't rethink, you can never redo. And if you don't redo, you can never come out of it profitably. 
one big piece in this imagination or rethinking process about the future of your business sits around answering the question, who should be your partners and or promoters or suppliers? Very many of us do not even know and do not answer the question who. The who is the most important question. Who should be your partner or partners and or promoters or even suppliers? Again, sentiments. Many of you are running your businesses on sentiments. Oh, is my uncle. Oh, is my classmate. Forget it. It's all sentiments. You must dissect it within the context of what you want. The fourth point in this first phase that I talked about what you need to do is about checking your processes. You know, many of us take processes and procedures for granted, especially Nigerians. We like shortcut. Eh? Just tell a Nigerian that you have to go through 10 steps. He will say, eh, is there no other way? I will fit it one, sharp, sharp. And that's why everything about us is so inept. We never get sustainable delivery. Look at our school system, our health system. Everything we do, we don't want to check and go through the process. But my friends, without a process, you can never make progress. Take it to the bank. The reason we are suffering as a people, as a nation, as an economy, in your families, in your businesses, is because we short-circuit process. Process determines progress. Without process, there can't be progress. And so you might think you have short-circuited the process, but what happens? You bring about a premature item, and it's not sustainable. That's why we prepare, we fix roads. I mean, how do this, well, this is um, the year prelude to elections. So let's see. So do you have a flair for continuous improvement? Is it part of your company DNA? What areas do you have as your core competence, my friends? Do not get into a strategic planning agreement without fully exploring your business processes. Friends, this is where we'll stop today. Time is of essence and time is not our friend. But I hope you found this process so far. We'll be back on Tuesday as we continue on the series strategic partnering remember this is just phase one and i hope you found this quite useful and if you do have any questions please send a mail to contact at navigatewithid.com across all the platforms um social media across all whether it's linkedin twitter instagram and i told you that the banners and twitter has been lifted so let's get back together ask your questions let's see how we can sharpen the saw um it's business school on radio and i have the privilege and honor um, to, you know, lead this conversation and also share my experience. I hope you find it useful. Please follow me on the platforms and let's do something different to this year and the years ahead, just by being a bit more strategic. I wish you the very best, friends, and then we'll be back same time, same station on Tuesday by God's grace. God bless. And that was Navigate with ID, brought to you by Corporate Shepherds.